Hello and welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, where we are celebrating the last year of gaming on this podcast. Today, Casey and I are going to cover the top five games that we appreciated over the course of the last year. We're going to be dropping mini episodes and cover each game as we make our way up the list. We're going to start with game number five and go all the way down to the game we loved the most in this last year. That said, sit back, relax, and enjoy. We have made it. We are in the promised land. We are covering our favorite game of the year, the most loved titles that Casey and I have come to love in the last 12 months are now on display, and we are going to talk about why we think you should take some time and play those games. For sure. Numero uno. Numero uno, number one. Yes. One would say the gold medal. The gold medal, as we go back to the medal standard. (laughs) Uh, How many languages can you count in numbers? I'm curious. I think that's a random skill I like to hear that people have. Like, how many different ones can you do? Uh, Probably, like, three. I think I can do four, maybe five. That's are, are you language flexing right now? I'm, I am. On? Yes, it's all about the flexing. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta prove I'm cool to you somehow, and I just, I just want the compliment. Like, wow, Casey, that's impressive. Wow, Casey, good work. Thanks, guys. Four languages. Yeah, that's Im- that's impressive. Yes, yes. Is one of them Klingon? Uh, it's Elfish, actually. But yes. Okay. Well, that that also counts as two. Klingon would have counted as two languages as well. Yes. I do like Star Trek. Klingon's an intense language, is my understanding. Uh, so here we are. This is our favorite game of the last 12 months that we played. Yes. I don't know if it has to be during the Backlog Challenge or not, but I know that we all played a bunch of games, and we have yes. chosen what our favorite game is of this year. Right. And like I said, you got to listen to us about mid-range. Because again, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with this show. And the show's about playing games and reviewing them and being honest. We used to try to rush and be like, oh, let's have a contest of who can beat the most games the fastest. And we're like, do you remember anything about the game? No. <laughs> we need to slow down. We kind of got like, this is good. This is good. Uh, but these are game, this game stuck out to me, even from the beginning of the year. So and I... Uh, what game is that? The big reveal. Drum roll, please. The big reveal. Drum roll, please. It is Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Elusive, the definitive edition. Really? A yeah. Dragon Quest game? Wow, yeah. that was yeah. not on my radar. I was like looking at this list here, and I'm like, is it Dragon's Dogma? Is he going to put Dragon's Dogma on this list? <laughs> no, Dragon's Dogma was, <laughs> was a little bit of a chore, I felt like, because I picked the wrong class. Good game. But it was buggy, too. No, this game is so polished, and you know I'm a JRPG guy, right? And I would be doing a disservice to that. If you are a JRPG fan, this, in you know, I know Final Fantasy VII Remake's out there, and Final Fantasy VII's a great game, but if you want, like, a traditional JRPG on a modern system, this is the perfect one. I can't recommend that enough. It's now on Game Pass, right? And this is made by Square Enix, who also makes the Final Fantasy games. But people assume in America, I think, they think of Final Fantasy more than Dragon Quest. But Dragon Quest was the big one on NES. And Dragon Quest pays homage to so many things I love. Like Akira Toriyama does all the art. He did Chrono Trigger's art. He's also known for a little show called Dragon Ball Z. Don't know if you ever watched that oh. on Toonami. It's kind of a big <laughs> deal. Child. Not kind of a big deal, right? It's classic, but it's like being in that world. When you see the character models, it's like, oh, I'm in. It's It makes me think of Dragon Ball or Chrono Trigger, which I get games and product properties that I love. But it takes all the tropes and all the backstory and these little things, and it makes it kind of gives them like a fresh feel hmm. to it. 
And the game is a long game, but I played 160 hours of it. I did what? everything. Like I was like, I need to play this game and beat it. Yeah, it was the only game I played for like three months. I didn't care. And I, I had that on the beginning of the backlog challenge. I would have had to suffer. I would have lost every <laughs> month because it would have been the only thing. Um, it's a story about a character called the Illuminary. You're the chosen one. Surprise, surprise. Right? They make it really quick in like the first two minutes. So this is not a real spoiler. Um, the one thing I want to give people advice about with this game is there's two endings. And when I say two endings, I don't mean like possible alternate endings. There's an ending to the first part of the game that people online were initially like, oh, I beat it. And like, well, how many hours did you play? Oh, 50. And everyone's, no, you didn't beat the game. You want the real ending. You beat the first half. That's the game rewarding you for beating the first half of the story. There's a follow-up. You can change things. Really? Um, yeah and the other amazing thing about this game is so this game if you ever played the original dragon warrior on the nes or dragon quest you know the blue slimes it was you would see the enemy kind of like a earthbound i know you've seen the earthbound screen where you can see the attacks and then it's a word about the attack Mm -hmm. that's how the battles were this game has these beautiful 3d models but if you want to put the game in 2d and play it in that style the whole that you can turn it to that and they did all the sprite work for the game wow at any given time you could change it i was Mm -hmm. floored by that um they even made up a version for the 3ds where you can uh really? play with 3ds models yeah i don't think i don't know if that's the one the one i would play is the and i played is the definitive edition where everything's polished they add more stories there's a character in it that is a flamboyant like swordsman from spain and he's in the circus and if in the running thing in dragon quest games there, there was a class called jester and they were horrible at the beginning of the game, but then they could turn into like a warlock. Like they always were, ended up being powerful, the, the Joker class. And he's not a warlock or anything like that, but he he's useful and he's like so over the top. Like, bye! Like he's going, he's like, he calls you darling. He he, he babies you and you're like, all right, man, let's, let's but you're, he's BA. And there's some other characters. There's a thief that has a story with his sister. There's twins. You can get married. There's a backstory. You, so every story is really... It's not that you're going to see anything... I would say you would see it new in a JRPG. Like the, the character tropes have been there. But the storytelling is unique to the Dragon Quest world. Because there's also a layer of uh, changing the future with the past. right? Like some time travel elements to it. And it plays off history of other all 11 Dragon Quest games. And the thing about Dragon Quest is it's such a phenomenon in Japan. Right? In that, like, it was coming out on Tuesday and people were skipping work in school. Like, at such high populations, the government said, can you please release this game on Saturdays? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And so, it is the best version of that game, too. Like, it is so beloved. Like, no other Dragon Warrior playing. Like, have you played this? This is the one, if you're going to play one. Like, 8's really great. 8's beloved. But this is the best entry in the suit. Like, they did, they blew it out of the top. I think original complaints are music, but like the version I have, it's all orchestrated. It's not chip-tuned, hmm. and it is stellar. Uh, it's just a, it, it's a high-priced game. Again, it, but the Definitive Edition is now on Game Pass, like I said. On the Switch, if I were to get it, you can get it physical, or if you want to get it digital, it is um, $49.99 on the eShop. I bought it at a $60 game uh, the summer prior in 2019. Wow. And you can also get it on PS4 for $39.99. Because originally the game only came out on PS4. And then Nintendo's like, hey, let's put it on Nintendo. And you're like, all right, let's put it everywhere. Like, let's let people need to play this game. Square's kind of with their uh, exclusive. It's not full time exclusive really anymore with them. Like, you have it for a year, maybe two. Hmm. Right? Like, there's some they lock in. Um, 
and it was great that this got to be a con ported to the Switch. And it's such a good JRPG. If you love JRPGs, I can't. It's a buy, 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 even at that price. If you've never played a JRPG or you're interested in, you like JRPGs and you want to try Dragon Quest, go for it. But you need to put, like, it's a, a minimum, if you don't do everything, 80 to 100 hour game. No joke. And just like that yeah. alone, I think that, that speaks to the price point, right? Mm-hmm. To have that much game for that price point is pretty yes. impressive. You, your coin is not wasted. But if you don't like turn-based battling either, like it's like I like that old school, like oh let me pick a fight, let me do this, and you can move and do some things. And there's a great talent again. I love a talent tree. They tied it in good. Right, your characters have four different speckings where you can go, and then eventually you can fill out the whole grid, and it makes a picture, and you just become stronger and stronger. And the other thing, like you're not getting crazy numbers, like you know, like it's a game like oh, I hit him for like seven thousand damage. You're like oh cool, I hit him for ten or fifteen. The numbers are kind of reasonable. And then you're like, oh, I'm finally doing this much damage. You're like, okay, I've earned this power now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's good. That's pretty neat. So in terms of like a JRPG, is it would it be easy for somebody to walk in that's not a JRPG fan and enjoy this title, you think? I think they... Some people... Are you talking... This is my, my, my big thing. Like, turn-based combat can really turn people off. Gotcha. And this right. is a turn-based combat game. Yeah. You Yeah. For sure. You can have the enemies on a timer and they can attack you through it, or you can have weighted turns. But this is a turn-based game. Like, you, you have to know that. And if you enjoy that kind of play, and you can respect that kind of play, and you and there's not random encounters. That's the other thing, too. I know some people get turned off with that, JRP. You can see every enemy and you can choose to fight them. But you yeah. have to fight them and you have to get to certain strength levels, right? Um, what about the grind? Right. Is it grindy? Do you have to grind at all? No, because, you know, how I've learned to play the games, I've learned to, oh, when I'm in in that area, mm. I'm going to go up each path, and then I'm going to go back. Like, I'm not going to leave the area until I've explored it, because if I explore the area, then I've got the levels. Because, like, that, the game wants you to be in that spot for this long. Some people just know, like, let me hit straight through. The, the game rewards exploring, in mm. that sense, too. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to ride around a horse. Like, you can ride, like, different slime monsters around, and it'll make you run over enemies and you get get some experience from that um it's you want to explore the scenery too you want to you want to get on the ocean and go to different islands like they do a really good job of making you have to search the game like oh i can go here or here or uh and the boss battles are all just the right amount tough you're kind of on edge it's such a good game i would definitely replay it i also love that my son it's all voice acting and the voice acting is actually really good you know, it's always bad when the voice acting's bad. Like that Silvano guy, his voice acting it cracks me up, right? Like, I'm like, I would have loved to have seen the guy, the person have to read it. Um, and so my son could sit and watch it, and I would forget he was with me because he'd be so engrossed. And he goes, Dad, can you read that? I can't read yet. Now he's starting to read now, you know? So I always recall, like, he was in, into it. Like, oh, he's seeing the potential in games. And that game is engrossing. And you can play it with your kid next to you. That's pretty neat. That's that that's great, and I like the idea of being able to switch from like the two D to three D. Yeah, not, yeah. Two D is, is it two D or is it like still a three D world? Or no, it's like a it's it's a it's a two D world. They do the world and the game back in sixteen sprite uh, thing. Like, there's an article on um, hold on, it's on from Square Enix, and it's called about it's called how we built, and I put it again in my write up. I put how we built it both in three D and two D. They wrote. They talk about the whole development cycle, and it's definitely worth the read. It's super interesting if you're into the the backstories like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like a 
a full on package, especially if you're in the JRPG. Like if you like those type of games, this feels like an homage. Um, do you have to play the other Dragon Quest games to understand what's going on? Because you said it has a nod to those other titles, but you don't necessarily have to experience them. No, you're going to learn that. You're like, oh, oh, this is actually from the older games. Like you, you, people could tell you that. And if you didn't know that, it would just make you appreciate the experience even more. You, you could see someone playing it and be like, oh, that's, I remember seeing that thing in the, when I went to this little town with the spirit. Like, and some of the enemies are just super cute or some of the mobs are, and like, the slime, I would love the slime. I would love to get a slime pushy, plushy. So no, I anybody can try. And if it's on Game Pass and you don't have to pay the big forty nine, which is a big ask for some people, I get it. If you're paying fifteen bucks a month and you like JRPGs, go do it right now. Yeah, right now. Go get it now. Is your number one game a go getter? I want to talk about. Is that. my number one game a go getter? What do you mean by go getter? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. Dis- decipher okay. this okay all right um did it make you feel feelings it made me feel feelings yes this game made me feel feelings did you talk to your sister about this game i didn't i talked to my sister about a lot of games um is it one of your sister's favorite games let me ask you it that. is not one of my sister's favorite games okay. in fact okay. i recommended so... this game to her and she could not get into it oh Okay, so it's not Life is Strange 2. It is not. So that was going to be my guess, and it's definitely not a play. Give me game. the year this was super popular. I think I could do it. it. This this was made in 2018. Is it Outer Worlds? It is not Outer Okay, Worlds. I give up. I'm done. I suck at this game today. What is your game? My favorite game of this last year is Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, duh. Duh. Yeah. Duh, duh, Red duh. Dead 2 was awesome. Top to bottom, fabulous i think the real answer is your favorite game was kingdom hearts 3 but i was <laughs> <No>. gonna get... <laughs> oh my gosh in fact we should probably just do an episode where we just like crap on the games that we disliked yes, this yes. year because boy i could give you an earful on a lot of those Same. actually life is strange 2 almost hit my number five spot um they really hit me in the feels it's a good game um, red dead did it for you huh Red Dead though, Red Dead was was good. You know, in the beginning, I really had issues getting into it because it felt really slow. And what you come to learn in that game is that it's slow intentionally early. And I think it's because it's building a world that is Western based. In other words, the beats within Westerns, the beats at that time were much slower than the over the top action we see today. And what they've done is they've built an entire world out in Red Dead Redemption 2. Each character feels like a living, breathing individual in that scenario. Um, It's the different scenery, the different scenarios that you are placed in in that world are just varied and impactful in multiple ways. Like, I talked about going to the, the, the city where there's a factory there and you go into the factory city and you start riding out towards the wilderness and you realize that all the trees are cut down something as subtle as that really helps build out the entire world you know you get to this factory and you see people living in the slums barely making it by because they are living off of this factory and the individuals that will allow them to just throw them coin every now and then um it's just a master class in world building is is really what it is and the story really has a strong second and third act. I felt like the first act was hard to get into for me. But as I stuck with it, you begin to destruct the char- 
deconstruct the characters and you're also able to see this group of bandits that are going out and taking advantage of other people in the world and how their way of life is coming to an end. And as you continue to progress through the story, you realize that some of those actions that you take early in that story eventually catch up with you later on. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful story over the course of that entire game. The world is fabulous. There's so much game here that you could go for hours and hours and still see new content. Um, one thing I will say that it, it, that is true of this game is that you kind of start to tell your own story, right? You kind of go out and say, hey, I'm going to go try to take on this gator or I'm going to go look for this legendary buffalo. And in tracking that that those pieces down, you are basically writing your own story that becomes a memorable story um, within this world. I, I can't get over how good this game is and how well assembled the narrative so, is. I want to get to the narrative because I think that's the thing. I've heard the argument for this game. Mechanically, sometimes it feels broken or you're not playing the right. game parts. And some people don't like that part, but some people do enjoy it because they realize it's kind of supposed to be like that or they feel like it's supposed to be like that. This is also a prequel to the Xbox 360 Red Dead Redemption, correct? Correct. Yes, it is. And, and I think... Go ahead. John Martson, who is a great video game superhero, because Red Dead Redemption is a great game. I love Red Dead Redemption. He's involved, mm-hmm. but not... Mu- How much is John Martson involved? Like, if you're, you're not coming... It's not a John Martson story, right? No, it's not. John Martson is part John of the Marston's, game. John right. So, so he basically has, he basically has, he takes part in a lot of the thieving and going out and taking advantage of people. But what you end up seeing within the John Marston character is he has a wife and he, and that individual is basically, I think he has had a child. Yeah. The son. John Marston has a son. Yep. Well, the son's really important in the next game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So basically like this character is not as involved with like the full on, let's call it a heist, right? Mm -hmm. If you were going to do a heist, there'd be like the main players and then like the secondary characters that are just there for like the fodder and to do things. That's John Marston's character in this. He's basically there to be a ride along or a sidekick to everything else. And then within the story, what your character is doing, Arthur Morgan, is he comes to realize that this is not a sustainable way of life. So he actively tries to get John Marston out of the gang because he has a wife and a child to take care of. So he is setting up John Marston to go and live a normal, um, honorable life without any of the cowboy shenanigans mm. that they get into. And the name, the, what's the character's name in this game? Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan. So Arthur Morgan had, is his own standalone story, right? And mm-hmm. his story is one that is a good, like, I I love Westerns. How do you feel this compares to Western-style film? I think this is the Western. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is a Western experience. Um, if you are interested in Westerns whatsoever, this is a must-play for you. Okay. Um, you know, I can't say that I have a lot of love for films that are Westerns. I've seen them. They're all right. I don't like go out of my way to seek them out. Um, every once in a while I'll remember, I'll enjoy a film and they'll be like, that's basically a Western, but not set right. in the cowboy times. Right. 
And I'll be like, oh, well, I enjoyed that as well. So, I mean, I've liked that story arc in terms of Western specifically. This, I think, fleshes out the characters better than any other Western I've seen. Um, it has a lot of the same elements. It has that redemption, Red Dead Redemption, but it has that <laughs> redemption arc of these characters, basically, because they go out and take advantage of their situation, and then it comes back to bite them eventually. Um the way that they introduce different elements of the through lines within the story is brilliant. Um, I, I mentioned it, spoiler, you know, there is a mission about 70, maybe 60% of the way through where you end the mission and Arthur Morgan just sits down and has a coughing fit. And what you don't realize is that is eventually his demise because he gets TB uh-huh. about 60% through that game. So then you hit a couple of other missions where you're supposed to be driving to the mission start point And all of a sudden, like you faint off your horse when you're about 50 meters out from, from the mission starting point, And then that begins the next mission of you waking up in the hospital. Um, they just push the envelope in terms of engaging the character. And it's so dynamic in terms of how they are setting up the story. Um, this is by far one of the best games I have ever played in my life. I think that this is a game that everyone should play all the way through. I know in the beginning it can be a little grindy. You can find reasons not to like it, but the story they end up telling is of epic proportion and is unparalleled in my mind. Hmm. And it seems like it's priced at about 30 bucks and it's on game pass though, correct? Um, I believe it is on Game Pass. I know you can also opt into the um, multiplayer-only version. I would not suggest that. Um, I tried the multiplayer version. It looks like you can get Red Dead Online for $20 bucks, um, right now on the PlayStation Store. I did not like the multiplayer. I, it felt empty to mm. me. It didn't feel lived in. I think part of the appeal to the main story is the character building and the world feeling like a living, breathing machine. Um I'm seeing it here listed as $60, marked down to 30 bucks, mm-hmm. potentially for the holidays. $40, as Casey mentioned, is probably more accurate. And this game is going on sale left and right. And again, so Game Pass. So if you can pick it up, I would. Game Pass. And Game Pass. Yeah, you got, you got your yeah. options. Yeah, Game Pass. Um, I, I am just blown away by this. And, you know, I think back to this game, and the environments and the scenarios are so varied that I'm pretty impressed. You know, Western, you think, Dusty Town, okay. Mm-hmm. But they really, you know, they take you to the swamp. They take you to the factory type places. It's um, it's really understandable how they took so long creating this game. Yeah. Because it is so well fleshed out and so well thought out in terms of the way they are seeding the eventual story that they go to tell in this in this uh, epic tale. Do you, I I am I, I love this game. Do you think they'll make another someday another entry, or do you think this might be it? I think Rockstar is in a really weird place, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they have Red Dead, they have uh, GTA Five, Auto online. Five. Well, it, the online, like people get the game. I'd love to know the stats on how many people are playing Five and not just playing GTA mm-hmm. Five online. I just question what you do in those worlds. Um, I think that they have built them to a place where I don't know how they can expand upon um, it. And this yeah. game specifically. I, I just don't know how they would push it forward any further than they already have. Shootouts every day. Like, that's basically <laughs> you did. Just, that's what you're looking for. Like, all right, where's the biggest shootout? Who's my squad? Right? Or let's go rob these yeah. people. It's like, yeah. If you want to be like real cowboys, it's just... Yeah. So, so in terms of them doing another one, I mean... 
<laughs> when did Red Dead One come out? Let's look uh, at that. Red Dead One came out two thousand ten. I want to say maybe no or two thousand nine. Red Dead Redemption One came out in two thousand ten. <laughs> <laughs> so and and then this game came out in 2019 i believe so yeah. i mean it took them nine years to build this game yeah, right yeah. so in terms of waiting for red dead 3 i wouldn't waste your time i mean it, it's going to be a 10-year cycle if 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 not more i think yeah. for them to take on a project like this again yeah cyberpunk should have looked at what they did oh snap <laughs> oh snap cyberpunk's in a bad way and i know we're not covering news this week but oh man yeah I mean, I would say that Witcher 3 is probably another one of those top games for me. Yeah. Top yeah. two, three games. Um, and this is right up there. Red Dead Redemption 2 is. Um, so it's, cool. it's disappointing to see Cyberpunk fall the way it has. Is it, though? But <laughs> I don't mind. I it's mean, like... I want all games to yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew the expectation was set too high oh, yeah. for Cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt that early. And that only proved itself true in the last couple of weeks. Yikes. So yikes! But so that is it. these yeah. games were not like Cyberpunk for us. I want to point that out. <laughs> these are good games. We're not here to hype up. We don't do hype jobs. We play the games. We tell you, hey, do they hold up? So Red Dead will hold up. You think for people that want to play it? And since, I think so. Okay, good to know. Yeah, for for years to come. I mean, this is this is wonderful. Yeah, very very well done. Yeah, yeah, very well done. I felt that way too about Dragon Quest. Sure. No. Well, good work. So let's uh, let's cover our our list one more time before yeah. we check out. Uh, you want to run through your list yes. first? Or do you want me to do mine? Um, I will go first. Honorable okay. mentions. I had to give it to Undertale for the music. I had two fives because I'm a wimp. I had Animal Crossing at five B, Hollow Knight at five A. Number four was Cuphead. Great experience. Number three, Hyper Light Drifter. Number two, Children of Morta. And number one. The hardest one to say because it's a mouthful. Because I want everyone to get the right version. Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Booyah! S Echoes of a what age? Oh God, no! Don't make me do it again. Echoes of an Elusive Age. Elusive. E L Ultimate Ultimate Edition, right? It's the definitive, definitive, definitive edition. Don't make me keep like I'm. I have to go back to my notes. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta write it down because uh, you know these games may end up on a list of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the years, in the months to come, mm. um, my list is the top five. My fifth game is Middle of Earth: Shadow of War. Number four, The Last of Us Remastered. Number three, Uncharted Four. Number two, God of War, twenty nineteen. And number one, Red Dead Redemption 2. That is a heavy PlayStation list mm-hmm. for me, Mr. Uh, Casey. Um, so apparently by a PlayStation. Yes. Mr. Cool, I like that. I think I should have gone this, with that. We have Dr. Zubat on. I should have rocked Mr. Dr. Cool. Dr. Z. So yeah, that, that concludes our 2020 games. And we're going to continue playing. Um, you know, there's games that I wanted to add to this list that I have not quite finished yet. Um, yeah. We but we have some things planned if you that. enjoyed the show next week i'm sorry to cut you off go ahead were you gonna go to that segue nope go for it oh, okay <laughs> okay so i'll edit that obviously. um no i we are gonna be doing our new version of the backlog challenge where we're gonna be picking our seven games that we have to play have to review 
We might get one or two drops. We're going to decide that on air. And we have a nice council of guests from the past that we consider friends of the show that could come that time of and part of our Discord community to help us pick what, what we're doing next. And that'll be a fun one to listen to. Yes, it will. So that, Especially if you like gambling. What was that? Especially if you like gambling. Because <laughs> I'm making it, I think, the easy thing. We have to own up to one thing we promised years ago. Someone say something to me. The I suck at video games at the Nintendo <laughs> headquarters has to happen on this bet. I think I'm, I'm going to stay true to this one because we got it clear. The, guy, the rules are clear. It's not about a race. It's, hey, do these things. We got oh, it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll discuss that more in the coming weeks. Um, thanks yeah. for joining us for our top games of 2020. Here we are. We'll see you next week. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>